as symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Kurt Angle, welcome to the Kurt Angle Show. On the show today, we're joined by a very special guest, my man, Jay Lethal. But before we get to him, let me introduce to you my co-host, Paul Bromwell. How you doing today, Paul? Kurt, I'm doing good. And let me tell you something. I'm so excited about having Jay on this show. You two, I are, am too. <laughs> oh, you two are already cracking me up and uh, I can tell this is going to be a fun one. We're honored to have Jay. But before we move forward with Jay, last week's show... Uh, we had uh, an amazing guest, man. We had Josh Alexander, the impact champion, and I'm sure he's going to be joining us at some point again. Uh, a lot of great uh, feedback on social media, but with that said, Jay, how you doing, man? We're so glad you made it safe back to your home after all the storms going on. I'm doing all right. So I, are you trying to tell me that I got big shoes to fill since your last guest was Josh <laughs> Alexander? Was that the point of was that a, the segue there? Like, I oh, think Jay, so. you, you a little bring. bit of pressure, a <laughs> little bit of pressure. Oh man. All right. I'm feeling it now. I got to I won't be outdone. I won't be outdone. Oh, I love it already. Uh, uh, traveling was all right. Uh, I was in Boston. We had a W in Boston and, uh, getting back to Florida was a bit of a issue because we had a storm that rolled through, but, uh, no damage, no flooding. And I uh, made it home safe and sound, ready for the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, before we get started, thank you for taking the time today. And also back in Chicago at adfreeshows.com, Top Guy Weekend. Now, Jay, you started really young in pro wrestling, 16, isn't that right? That is correct. Only 16. Uh, I, I was still in. I had Diapers. Was, <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's sad. 16 in diapers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I was, I was uh, still in school. I, I was transitioning into high school. I was just a freshman, I, I, if I remember correctly. And I had to, when the last period bell would ring, I'd have to run and catch the bus. Uh, actually, it was a train. I had to run and catch two trains um, into uh, Long Island, New York. And if I didn't let person, you travel like that at 16, well, here's the thing. It wasn't just myself. It was a, a group of us. If it wasn't for that. Okay. That's fair. Been, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but my very first start in wrestling at the age of 16, before I started running to catch that train, uh, I went to a show called Jersey all pro wrestling and Kurt uh, tough enough was big on television at the time. It was first season of tough enough. Uh, and this promotion, Jersey All Pro Wrestling, loved Tough Enough, and they wanted to have a, their own version of Tough Enough. Uh, so they had this contest, and uh, like 50 people showed up. At least 40 people showed up for this contest. My dad took off work. Uh, well, he took a half day, actually, to drive me, and he sat in the back, and he watched me. So, man, so much pressure was on me, and they were going to pick three winners. So whoever did these three things the best, they made you cut a promo. They made you talk. They made you uh, run back and forth in the ring, run the ropes, and they made you take a few bumps. 
Um, and whoever did these things the best, they'd pick three winners and they'd train them for free. I was not one of the winners. <laughs> uh, so while walking back to my dad, who was sitting in the back, the walk of shame, I felt so disappointed. He took half day off work. Uh, but before I got all the way to him, they made an announcement. They said, you know, we weren't going to pick this kid because he's too young, but we're going to make a special, um, we're going to make an, uh, you know, we're going to go against our better judgment, which I'm thank, thank God they did. Uh, and they made a fourth winner and I was the fourth winner. And uh, my life from then on, some would say before then, has been this one lucky break after another i've been extremely blessed i really feel like my life is like uh willy wonka and the chocolate factory it's my favorite movie i am charlie i got the golden ticket from a young age of 16. some would say i got the golden ticket being born into the family i was born in with such supportive parents who would let me take the train <laughs> that, well that's yeah. because the grandparents well, are all in bed so yeah let me ask you this do you think maybe you had talent and that's why <laughs> well, <laughs> well yeah maybe a little bit of that uh i i definitely think i had the skills to back up uh what when it was needed especially when I was given these golden opportunities, but I, I do like to think that it was more so luck than my skill, nothing taking away, nothing from my skill. I just, I just, some people, Kurt, you've met, I'm sure we've seen in the wrestling business. Some people are fantastic, but they never get that lucky break. Right. So to me, it's not so much about the skill. I, I, I've been very fortunate and, and just in the right place at the right time. And one lucky streak after another, uh, and that's how I describe my whole wrestling career. But yeah, at 16, it all started for me. So let's talk about it. 16 years old. Who are some of your favorites in wrestling at that point? Who are well, you I can tell you, yeah. I can tell you that I played with my action figures still at that time. And, uh, Kurt, I, I unfortunately you did not win many matches. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately. Who won all the matches, Jay? You got to tell me. Well, Undertaker, he won a lot of them because he's That's the fair. phenom, you know? That, that is fair. Uh, but, yeah, I'm sorry. What was your question? Just who were your favorites? Obviously, oh, Undertaker. Okay, right. Yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, Undertaker was my favorite. Growing up, Bret Hart was a huge one of my favorites. And, and the weird thing about wrestlers from my generation, you either a Bret Hart fan or you're a Shawn Michaels fan. Not really knowing the backstage beef or rival, you just – naturally just gravitated towards one or the other i i was a big bret hart fan um and then obviously macho man which when i first started watching wrestling he really called to me but only after i got into wrestling did i really go back and study and i mean study everybody who came before me and the macho man and rick flair were two of my all-time favorites and i i think looking back it wasn't for the macho man who captivated me when my brother was watching wrestling and I wanted to watch it too. Uh, then I'm not sure if, if I would have had the same love and passion for wrestling. I do believe though, since my parents had six kids, uh, they didn't watch much TV is the joke. <laughs> uh, since my parents had six kids, the younger siblings always want to do what the older siblings do. I think that's why I even started watching wrestling to begin with my older brothers and my grandpa, they loved wrestling, but somewhere along the way, guys, 
my love for wrestling kept growing and theirs started to fade out a little bit. <laughs> well, that happens sometimes, Jay. <laughs> to, to the best of them, right? <laughs> hey, it's weird, I'm sure, to hear this, but you're a 20-year veteran in the sport. Oh, God. What was some of the best advice you got back then? Oh, man. Uh, one of the... So, I think the number one thing on the top of the list best advice i've ever gotten was save your money that's the first first thing uh because wait, wait, wait. okay in, but were you really instant. making money back then <laughs> no i wasn't but i am now what are you gonna I say carried that, i carried that advice over to now because in an instant oh, 20 years later okay. yes 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 <laughs> it's uh it could all be over in the in the flash you know, you're having a great time today, tomorrow, freak thing happens and you can't do it. So uh, cherish and save the memories and save the money. Uh, but other than that, I think one of the best advice that I've ever had, and I actually give this advice when people ask me, there's two. One, although don't spend your money, don't go crazy. Uh, in the beginning, you can't be consumed with how much money you're making. If this is your dream, if this is your passion, uh, don't nickel and dime these promoters. You have to use them like they're using you. They're using you as a body. And if you're doing something well, they're using you as a body and a great performer to help boost the credibility of their shows. So you have to do the same thing. You have to use them to boost your stock, to boost your brand, to get your name out there as much as possible. And how can you really put a price on that when, for, let's take baseball, for instance. Steve Carino would always tell me, you know what the average uh, salary for a minor league baseball player is? I think Steve Carino would say like 24, 25,000. I lot. think right. it's not a lot. He goes, but you think they care? No, because if they get called up, they start at 1.2 million. So that, you know, 24,000 for the year is going to be, they're going to look back on that and laugh. Um, and it's a sacrifice that they're all willing to make to get to the big time. And that that's how you got to look at it for professional wrestling. So that was one of the best things I've ever heard. And really advice that really took me as far as I am now, I think, because, you know, unfortunately there was a lot of times where, which we're not supposed to do, but I did a lot of shows for free back then. Um, when meanwhile, a couple of my buddies, you know, they're complaining because a promoter was not paying that they're not going to do their show. I willingly did them because it, to me, it wasn't about those small pities. And uh, my dad would always laugh about that too, driving, making those three, four hour drives because he'd drive with me and my mom uh, driving back from a three hour trip with 15 20 dollars you've made sometimes nothing. He always got a kick out of that, but he, he never, uh, Never tried to interfere, never tried to say, what are you doing this for? Like I've heard some people's parents say, this $15 is not worth it. Uh, but yeah, and the other bit of advice that I think uh, really helped me um, was you can't be afraid to mess up. I think that to me kept me in the shell and I was reserved. And when I'd go out there and have my matches, I wasn't having fun because I was so consumed with having a good match. And I want everybody to like, and I don't want to mess up. And I think that gets the best of you if you let it. Um, when you can go out there and let go and realize mistakes, 
are going to happen. You're going to forget stuff. You're you, th- Not everything is going to go 100% according to plan. But if you can flow with it and move on and not be afraid to be laughed at, uh, then you'll have real fun and you'll go far. And Kevin Nash is, is the one who actually told me that one. And those are the two bits of advice I give everybody whenever they ask. It, it, it really helped me a lot. And not only that, you know, you said, hey, m- not making a ton of money, but also what it allowed you to do was get those reps in. You know what I mean? In front of an audience. And, and I'm sure that was important. 100%. And I, I'm not exaggerating about this at all. There is a wrestling company. It was called Ace Professional Wrestling, and it's still going today. Cheap little plug. I'm going to be doing a show for them coming up soon, <laughs> uh, November 27th. No. November, November something. I can't remember. Google it. Yeah, yeah. The the point of the story is uh, this promotion had show every Tuesday. And then they had open ring. You could practice on Wednesday and practice Thursday. But I believe it was Tuesday. Every Tuesday of the week, or was it Friday? One of the days. It was every week there was a show. They weren't paying any many people, especially if you're running every week. Um, and I did those shows religiously, and I really feel like that's what helped me. Yeah. Um, it's it, I, I can't credit anything else uh, that I've done to my career more than that moment right there, that every week perfecting your craft, trying this, trying that, uh, feeling more comfortable with yourself in the ring and being faced with these different scenarios. Oh, this didn't go right. That didn't go right. That messed up. That felt great. That was good. That was amazing. Every week. Like I, I, I I should have had to pay for that. I should have been paying. Forget about the promoter trying to pay. I should have been paying for that. Hey, I'll hire you for my next show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You running? You running every week? I'll be there. Kurt. Yeah, and he likes your rate—the rate that you had when you were like sixteen. If you could keep that, yeah. So, sure, sure. So listen, you, as we move on from you as a sixteen-year-old, you start at Jersey All Pro Wrestling, and you're around guys like Homicide, Damoff, and keeping your training going with Mikey Whipwreck. Do you feel like that really also helps set you up to be a top guy with just being around talent like that, working with guys like Mikey Whipwreck? It did. It did, and my need to better myself. Uh, you mentioned Jersey All Pro Wrestling. I got to, you know, hang out and learn from guys like Homicide and Loki and Dan Mop. They weren't the actual trainers of Jersey All Pro, but they would come in and out of there, and I get to learn from them. the The wild part is, I won that contest for Jersey All Pro Wrestling, and they started training me for free. Well, six months. After I won the contest, their school closed down. So they said, well, I think you're good enough to be on the show. So they started these student shows and then actually had a match on their main show. But I felt like I was still missing something, even though I'm getting to, you know, hang out. And once in a while, I'll practice with a low key or a homicide. There was a lot that I was still missing, um, which is why I sought extra training from Mikey Whipwreck. So you know, my Wikipedia or wherever you're reading that from is probably a little confusing. Where did he train? Jersey All Pro? That's where he started? Or Mikey Whipwreck? Or, uh, so I actually trained at both. Once the Jersey All Pro Wrestling School closed down, gotcha. I, I looked for extra training, and that's when I uh, signed up to Mikey Whipwreck's uh, wrestling school. Well, and, you started uh, Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor 2003 as Hydro. 
For those that don't know what Special K was, can you? Oh God! Oh God! (laughs) (laughs) So check this out. (laughs) Uh, Ring of Honor had a group called Special K. It was a little faction of all these young, rich raver kids who like to go out and party. Their group name was called Special K, which later on I learned was a drug reference. Now, I didn't know what Special K was. In fact, Kurt, at this time, you know, everybody in the locker room would share their stories on the road, right? You know, oh, you know, we trashed this hotel or, man, we had this party in this hotel. My road stories at that time was, yeah, my dad rented a van and we all drove to the show that we, my family stopped at this real cool restaurant. (laughs) I didn't hang out with the boys to and from these shows. I only hung out with my parents. So I was very sheltered. So I like I did I had no clue what this special K was. So my first match in Ring of Honor was a dark match against Homicide. Uh, and he beat the crap out of me like he should have. And I remember when I returned to the locker room, I went into this room and they were filming something and I messed up the filming. I, I you know, interrupted them. There was no sign on the door that said, do not enter. Well, I went into the room and it was in the middle of a special K promo they were filming. And uh, I remember they were like, oh, can somebody lock the door? So once I was in there, they were the guy filming. His name was Doug Gentry. God rest his soul. Uh, He goes, well, Jay, since you're here, you might as well. You can be in this promo, too. And that is literally how I got into the group special chaos. And then ever since then, which was a blessing for me, because after that dark match that I just had, I wasn't sure if. I got the job. No one said anything to me. I came in the back, thanked Homicide, went into this room, and now I'm in the special case. So it was like, hey, this is cool. What a wonderful mistake. You know what? You are one lucky son of a bitch. I am. I am. (laughs) (laughs) Because who knows? They would have went, they could have went back and watched the footage and be like, yeah, Homicide's great. Obviously, you know, he's already here. But yeah, there was something about Lethal we didn't really like. But it was too late because I was already a part of that promo. So now they got to use me. Like, man, I got, I can't tell you how lucky I've been. Well, there's another golden ticket. Uh, but that's starting. how I got, yeah. that's, yes, right. <laughs> that's how I got into Special K, which was like, and my name, after that promo, they deemed me Hydro, which another, everybody had drug, everybody's name was a drug <laughs> reference. I, I didn't even realize this until at least a year of being in Special K. I had no idea. <laughs> I really no idea that you were a drug. No, no clue. (laughs) Oh man. Well, listen, you move on from special K to being Samoa Joe's protege. I mean, that's got to feel like a big time spot for you. You big time spot is an understatement. (laughs) Um, uh, so while in special K I'm, you know, I'm getting on these shows and uh, sometimes, you know, I'm just at ringside. Sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I actually have a match. Um, and Samoa Joe, well, I got to pause the Samoa Joe story. Just traveling on the road with the Ring of Honor guys was incredible. Um, getting to watch Brian Danielson, you know, guys like Colt Cabana. I remember we were driving from one town to another, and I befriended Colt Cabana, and he was nice to me. And I remember riding with him, and one time we stopped for – lunch um during headed to one town it, it was mcdonald's i remember we stopped at and uh i had been drilling 
Colt Cabana with questions like I should, you know, trying to learn a bit more about wrestling. And I remember I asked him about promos because I was so terrified to talk and I hated the sound of my voice and I didn't want to sound stupid or say anything dumb. And Cabana was like, you just got to forget about all that. Forget about sounding stupid. Just just work on it. If you say something stupid, then you learn not to say that next time. Or like, but you got to get in the mirror and practice and do this and do that. I go, okay, I'm getting it. And I remember when we get in McDonald's, he's like, now, now go up to the counter. And when you order your food, cut a promo on like, do it in a promo. And I was so terrified. I was, I was like, okay, yeah. And then I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And he goes, Carl, come on. And he goes, this is how you do it. And I remember he like struts up to the counter, like because <laughs> Cabana would do this weird walk. And man, he was so, I remember thinking he's so brave. Like he doesn't care what people think. Uh, and that, that moment stuck with me forever. I, I'll remember that forever. Cause you gotta let go, especially in wrestling. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm fighting another man in my underwear on television. How can I be so shy? You know what I mean? Like break out of that shell. Well, anyway, I got to have moments like that with so many guys who considered to be legends and Samoa Joe was one of them. He really took me under his wing. I don't know what he liked about me. I barely had matches, but he saw something that he liked. And then one day he said I could sit next to him and get dressed. Um, and then we this friendship developed. And Joe liked to, before the shows, get in the ring and roll around. Uh, amateur wrestling style and MMA style locking these holds. And I remember I came up with this thing where I bet that I could tap out Samoa Joe. So there'd be times in the locker room where he's like planning his match or just walking around and I run and jump on his back or like try to take him down. Could have totally hurt him. He never once got upset. Uh, he would always turn it into a position where I would tap out though. Like he was so confident that he, he got a kick out of it, hopefully. But, you know, looking back on it, I think that, that was kind of dangerous. I could have seriously heard him some of those times but he never once got upset and uh he really took me under his wing and that traveled on to a real life on screen thing because gabe saposki had saw that um and he goes well why don't i just do this for real so like the storyline was samojo took me out of special k and then i became his protege and he showed me the ropes is that was the angle pretty much but it started as this real thing and the good news is now if you had to cut a promo at mcdonald's You'd be ready to do that, huh? Well, I mean, what would that even sound like? <laughs> How do you cut a promo at McDonald's? Like you know, the Big Mac with extra cheese. I mean, what do you say? I don't even understand how that works. I can't remember the verbiage, what he said. Uh, I just remember the way he strut up there and he started telling the woman, listen, this is what I want. That was the first line. This is what I want. Oh, wow. Uh, but like, like, yeah. Fitness it, food, acting like that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Jay, you spoke about your parents before. Yeah, your parents were a lot around a lot back then. Yes. Were they? Why were they? Why were they always so involved in wrestling angles? Well, uh, why do I feel like this question <laughs> making you I love? I love confused. <laughs> well, my parents are a bit egomaniacs, so they're always trying to get their stuff in. So, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just kidding. My parents super supportive. No matter what any of my family members ever wanted to do, they were always right there telling them, yeah, that's you do that. Let's do that. Uh, my brother, I mean, just they just supported us so much. So 
when it came to wrestling, they were right there, super supportive. And it became this thing where they'd be the loudest cheering section in any building we'd ever go to. So after a while, fans would know that I was on the show when they would see my parents. Because just me being there, they became, because they were so loud, my mom was <laughs> so loud and they were just cheering for her baby, you know. Hey, Lethal yeah, fans. Yes, yeah. yes. And it was also a thing where it was infectious. So, like, them cheering made other people cheer. So <laughs> they, they became a part of the show. Not on purpose, um, but it's just this thing that happened. So then eventually the heels would be like, yeah, I kind of think I want to start something with your parents. I remember Azrael, uh, a wrestler where I was wrestling in um, Jersey All Pro Wrestling. He was and still is a great friend of mine. We did this thing where we brawled into the crowd and he said, when we get next to your dad, you think your dad, you have your dad give me a shot. And I go, well, he might let me go ask him. So I went to ask him and he was all for, you would have thought that my dad wanted to be a wrestler. Yeah. That's how all for it he was. Um, and then ever since then, it got a great reaction in the building because, like I said, the fans all recognized like they were, they you know, know your parents, right? Yeah, yeah. So that just led to the heels wanting to do it. So anytime you've ever seen my parents involved, it was never my idea and it was never their idea, but they never said no. Even the times where I didn't want it to happen. I remember specifically, um, there was a time at Ring of Honor where I was feuding with Kevin Steen and he wanted to do this thing where he'd spin on them. Um, now, the only reason, the, the, the toughest part about that was my parents never sat front row. They always, they, they didn't like sitting front row. And because of that, if they ever sat front row, it was like a dead giveaway. Right. So I was okay with him doing this angle with them, but I didn't want them front row and he was gung-ho about it. And um, I'm a team player and so are they. Um, and it came out after it was done. I thought it was cool, but I remember thinking, I hope they say no to this. And nope, they didn't. They just, they just always agree. My, my mom has been choked before because she didn't say no. She, she was, I've had a tag match. Actually, it's gone so far to have, I've had tag matches with my dad. I've, oh, oh man, can wow. I show you? I wonder if I could pull this up for you. My mom. <laughs> I, I I know I can, right? My mom was involved in one of my angles at a company called JCW. Um, and she was my manager. And at the time, this was before I met Colt Cabana and was traveling with Ring of Honor. Uh, at the time, she was cutting better promos than me, which was kind of embarrassing. Like, how do you... <laughs> How do you sounds like she was practicing behind your back, Jay? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, do I have it? Do I have it? I know I have it. Oh, here it is. I don't know. See, I don't even know if you'll be able to see it and or hear. Let's it. try. Okay, we'll try. All right, I'll put it near the microphone. Uh, it's tonight is the lumberjack match, and I am going to keep my eye on you. And the best way to do that is to be in his corner. <laughs> You can best believe you will pay attention to me today. <laughs> That's oh, just, oh, that was just, 
I know, and the way she like hit my chest when wow. she said, I'm going to be in his corner. Uh, man, my mom, I remember it's at a natural, very young man. It's so natural. Here's the thing. Okay, I'm going to share this story. I, I, I've never shared this story with anyone. Uh, my my mom was the disciplinary one in my family. Tell. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I remember I, oh, this is, I remember I was wrestling around with my sister and uh, I put the sharpshooter on my sister in the living room. And my mom came in and she was like, hey, cut that out. I don't ever do that again. Don't ever do that again. I said, okay. So she leaves. It wasn't my, my sister wanted to wrestle around. Like, so I ended up eventually getting her in the sharpshooter again. My mom found out I got a couple licks, bang, bang, boom. <laughs> and I remember as she was walking away, she's cause SmackDown was on television. And I remember as she was walking away, she said, can I, is ass a bad word? Oh, can you can cuss. You're okay. Good. Yeah. I remember as. Oh, oh hello. You're good. Hello, can, okay. I remember after a couple of lickings she gave me when she was walking away out loud, she goes, now ain't that some smackdown for your ass. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. Like, so from a very young, like trash talking has been like a very easy thing for my mom. And your uh, family. <laughs> and yes. Yes. The fact that SmackDown was on and she tied it into <laughs> ate that some SmackDown for your ass. Uh because the rock was oh man. <laughs> That's awesome. But uh yeah. <laughs> at least at least she didn't say, Hey, you're not allowed to watch that shit anymore. <laughs> this is true. This is true. She probably knew that I would have snuck and watched it anyway. Yeah, there you go. Do you have one all-time favorite memory that involved your parents? Because you shared a couple, but do you have like an all-time personal favorite that you're like, man, this is one I'm never gonna forget? That when they were involved, not yeah, so yeah, much done. Yeah. The, the moment I'll never forget, they actually weren't involved. They were just sitting ringside, which never happens. But this particular time, I needed them ringside. Uh, I was wrestling Jay Briscoe for the Ring of Honor World Championship. His parents were near his in uh, near his corner ringside. My parents were in my corner, near my corner, their ringside. Neither parent got involved, um, but it was when I won the Ring of Honor World Championship. And that to me is my favorite moment that I've ever been a part of, not because they didn't do anything, but because my first day in ring of honor, they watched me get destroyed by homicide in a three minute match. And my whole career, they've been there. They've watched every match I've ever had. They've seen different ring of honor champions crowned. And I'm sure that they've said to themselves, I can't wait for my son to, sure. you know, like, so to watch, to, to see them make that journey, with me from my first match there where I got the crappy out of me in three minutes. And now all the way to this point where I'm winning the ring of honor world championship, that to me meant more than a few years later of having them watch me as the ring of honor world champion in Madison square garden. Cause I was already the champion at that time. Right. My favorite moment is when I won the belt in front of them. And it was like, they, they, they made this whole journey with me. And uh, that, that'll be my all-time favorite moment that I've ever had with my parents. Mm. Sounds like a team effort to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because let me tell you, I couldn't have made, you know, for some of that stuff, I didn't have a driver's license. I couldn't have made half of those drives. For the first 
I'm not exaggerating, five to six years of my career, they went to every show that I've ever had. When Ring of Honor finally said, you know, we'll give you a, uh, well, actually, it was first four years of my career. I'm sorry. Uh, when Ring of Honor first said, we'll give you a, a uh, plane ticket. I remember going home saying to my parents, a company finally offered to fly me. Like, this is my <laughs> first time. And my dad and mom go, well, what about us? <laughs> and I said, well, they're not going to fly you. <laughs> And they were like, well, we want to go. So I remember telling Gabe Sapolsky at the time, yeah, my parents want to go and they've offered to rent a van. So I don't need the plane ticket. Oh, my God. Of course, he's going to be like, yeah, sure. Like to not have to uh, buy a plane ticket. Mm. And another thing is, you know, they needed a hotel ring of honor. Gabe Sapolsky wasn't going to say, yeah, I got a room for your parents. So we booked our own hotel. So Gabe didn't have to pay for flight he or hotel. Yeah. He loved it. He was like, can you bring your parents to the next it event was, too? Yeah. God, how I didn't become world <laughs> champion sooner, I'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, listen, you work a ton of indie favorites while in Ring of Honor. When does TNA come into play? Was it Jeremy Borash? Yes. I uh, So Samoa Joe taking me under his wing. That eventually led to me turning on Samoa Joe. Um, and I had a match against Samoa Joe in New York um, that I didn't feel particularly was one of my best matches, but it was the most high-profile match I've ever had. And uh, just being able to be allowed to go toe-to-toe with Joe and not have him just totally crush you, crush you're allowed you. to get offense, was incredible. And the, the biggest thing I had ever done. Well, Jeremy Borash was in attendance and what, by the time I'd gotten home, I got a message from him. Hey, that match you did with Joe was great. Would you like to be able to come to Impact Wrestling and have a match with him as there? And I said, oh, my God, this is my big break. Yes, I would love to do it. Now, the thing that I forgot or didn't realize was at the time, Samoa Joe on Impact Wrestling was murdering people. Undefeated, right? undefeated so there was a part of me when he first asked me to what i'd like to go there i was like man i'm gonna go toe-to-toe with joe like this is it he liked what i saw and then later on i realized oh crap uh so part of me you know i've joked about it with my friends they were like yeah joe was on tv destroying people and then you went toe-to-toe with them they had to they had to nip that in the bud right away uh so that was how i got my foot in the door at uh, impact wrestling. I uh, came in and wrestled Samoa Joe. Now here's the story. I don't know how true this is, um, but you know, the part that I witnessed was true. Samoa Joe murdering people on TV should have wiped the floor with me in two, three minutes. Mm-hmm. The match went from what I was told longer than they wanted it to go. It went like five minutes and I was told he gave you too much offense. Oh, and I remember oh, Terry Taylor Terry Taylor said, he gave you too much offense. Now I have to sign you. (laughs) (laughs) So I like to credit me getting a job at Impact Wrestling uh, from Samoa Joe, allowing me to do a little bit more than they wanted me to do. Um, There's that golden ticket. And like you said, Kurt, the, the skills were there and I had the skills to back myself up, um, but it 
I wouldn't have had a chance to use those skills if it wasn't for lucky breaks like that. Again, you're one lucky son of a bitch. Yes. Charlie yes. Bucket. Charlie Bucket. I, I am Charlie Bucket. <laughs> and you know what? I know every song forward and back from Willy Wonka. And Charlie oh. I know I know every line, um, even the quirky, weird ones that I had to Google and look up. I remember thinking, <laughs> what does that mean? Kurt, that's going to be a bonus show. We'll have him back and he'll perform every song. Kurt, we'll we'll Kurt. go four hours. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Kurt and I can sing If You Want to View Paradise. paradise. <laughs> I love <Simple>. it. <laughs> this is good. So uh, getting back to you leaving Ring of Honor for TNA, was it hard for you at that point oh, to leave Ring of Honor? Nope, it was not hard for me at all. <laughs> uh, and here's here's why. I was kind of forced to leave. I don't know many people if they know this story, um, but here's a, I haven't shared it much, so you guys are getting an exclusive here. Um, Impact Wrestling, I had signed a contract with them, but they were allowing people to do indies, and I was still working for Ring of Honor. So... A big, I remember a big snowstorm was going to hit the New York area, that New York, New Jersey area. And uh, I was supposed to be on that Ring of Honor show. And then the next day was a Impact Wrestling pay-per-view. So I had show one day and then the other. Impact Wrestling said, if you go do that show, then you may risk getting stuck in that snowstorm. Then you won't be at our pay-per-view. We can't have that. Right. So they called. All five people, and I believe it was me, Homicide, Roderick Strong, Austin Aries, and there was one more person, I can't remember. But they called all of us and said, you guys can't do the Ring of Honor show. And uh, I said, okay. Everyone said, okay, except for Roderick Strong and Austin Aries. So they did the show. I don't think they made it. Well, anyway, my next visit to ring of honor gabe sapolsky pulled me aside and he said well after you guys all got pulled i realized that i need to make more homegrown ring of honor guys and unfortunately i have to use your spot to do that mm, wow. and i remember thinking in my head one he's valid in saying what he's saying because it's his company we all got pulled yeah sure but I also remember thinking, you're not telling this to Samoa Joe. You're not telling this to Homicide. You're not telling this to the guys higher up on the card. I totally get it. Um, and, I've, you know, Gabe and I have always had a great relationship, even after that. I, and all I could say was, you're absolutely right. And I remember him saying, and I remember this like this yesterday, and I remember if he remembers this, but he goes, well, wow, you're actually, you're taking this pretty good. I thought you'd be upset. I go, no, no, it's fine. Uh, and that, that was it. That's how, and then I hadn't been back to ring of honor. That was in maybe Oh five Oh six. Then my next time back to ring of honor was when I left impact wrestling in 2011. Um, oh, what were the differences between wrestling for ring of honor and TNA? Jay? Uh, the biggest difference was the match lengths, uh, at ring of honor. Your match length was about. 12 to 15 minutes uh that was on a an off day uh where the you know where the matches were loaded and we had to get out of the building at impact wrestling the matches seemed to be well for me anyway i don't know about you kurt uh, <laughs> but my matches seem to be about five six minutes and when you squeeze a commercial break in between it seems like it was much longer and you know uh, why they did that right jay 
<laughs> More time for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Wow, that made yeah. me dizzy. That made, <laughs> wow. I love it. That was good. He <laughs> yeah. loved Jay on the card. <laughs> well, well, it, well, when I got to wrestle Kurt, my match was not five to six. <laughs> You're right, Jay. That, so, so he's right about that. Oh, man, that was funny. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> listen though you but did that, that would be that yeah. would be the biggest difference it was the match yeah. because i mean card every both rosters had a great yeah both i mean the guys it. on the rosters were top-notch performers man um so i you know from that aspect it was all that was all the same it was just really the match length and they fed us uh, there was food at, at oh hell uh, yeah that's what I'm talking yes. about uh, oh, yeah. TNA, right yeah it was yes there was food at Impact Wrestling there was no food at Ring of Honor <laughs> now you joined uh, TNA before Kurt so that's good got to actually I get, did get some time in there and you're involved yes. mainly in the X division yes how did you enjoy being a part of that was that kind of did you feel like hey is this a typecast thing at that time no or were you just happy no, to be there? no yeah. no 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 it was a dream come true getting to work with guys like Sanjay, who became my legit best friend, uh, Alex Shelley, Chris Sabin. I mean, I got oh, to work with Jimmy. You know what, Ray. Jay? Not to cut you off, but the X Division is what made TNA. I believe so. Yeah. It, it really did. It really did. AJ Styles. I mean, like, unreal. Christopher Daniels. Oh, I couldn't. Yeah. Here's another experience in wrestling that I got to take part of where I look back and I think that I should have had to pay money out of my pocket to be a part of that experience. I had, I hadn't been wrestling for very long, maybe five, six years, maybe five years at that time. And like, I should have had to pay money. Like I got to rub elbow, learn in the ring from those guys and rubbing elbows and learning from them in the locker room. Sure. Being a part of the exhibition, but also getting to talk, to the upper card guys too. I got to hang out and talk with sting and man, it was, it was unreal, but being a part of that X division was, it was the cream of the crop, man. I re and, and we all knew it too. We knew that this was impacts bread and butter. Uh, it just, sometimes they didn't feature the, the X division as much as they should have. I thought, but, uh, we all thought that, but yeah, being a part of the X division was incredible. Well, you ended up working with a lot with Kevin Nash in the summer of 2006. What was Kevin like to work with? I will tell you, there is no funnier person on the face <laughs> of <know>. this earth <laughs> than Kevin Nash. And I, I wish that I could share my first interaction with him, but I, it's just too personal of a story. And I can't. <laughs> but just know the first time I met him, I was all in awe and I'm being as serious as possible. And so is he. And this is going great until I realized about 10, 15 minutes in <clears throat> from the very first point that I had met him 10 minutes earlier, it was all a joke to him. Like he was setting me up for this elaborate joke, not a harmful one either, but it was so funny to me. And, uh, man, I have loved him ever since. And he really helped me out a lot. The whole machismo character on television only happened mainly because of Kevin Nash. I remember he heard me do it. The Macho Man voice. He's the he one said, that uh, encouraged it. Yeah, hey. yeah. He goes, well, why are you not doing that on TV? 
and I'm like, well, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to be the comedy guy because it's funny. It makes everybody laugh. And he convinced me, well, nobody's even talking about Savage. So you'd be helping put his name back out there and blah, blah, blah. And went back and forth and he got me to do it. Um, and I remember, you know, he he taught me a lot about how to, you know, carry myself. And why would you do this? Why would you let someone talk to you like that? Why would you agree to this? He can't. He was a that. smart man. He, he really was. So, was. Yeah. so smart. Yeah. So smart. And uh, my favorite memory and moment that I've ever had with Kevin Nash was I we had a tag match with him. And uh, the very first spot of the match is we lock up and he gives me an arm drag. And this was, you know, we planned it this way. And, and I remember the whole day he kept talking about how he was going to arm drag me. And he kept saying, I'm going to be real deep with that arm drag. And he kept calling it steamboat deep. I'm going to be real steamboat deep with that arm drag. And uh, I remember we did it. And when we got in the back, we laughed about it for days um and just taking an arm because i had never seen him give an arm drag i never saw him ever i didn't even know he did one with you (laughs) which is why he did it because i remember he was like all this i can do this exhibition stuff people he probably goes people probably think i can't even do a simple move like an (laughs) arm drag a fucking seven foot man (laughs) do an arm drag (laughs) he was he was so proud of himself when he did it too that was another thing uh but yeah kevin man he is so good, I and mean, he's like legit the funniest person that I've ever met in my entire life. All right, so we're going to get into it. It's time to get into you and Kurt Angle, your interactions, and we you shared some stories in Chicago Top Guy Weekend that I have been waiting for you to share here with our large larger audience. But when he joins the roster, do you immediately start to wonder, man, when am I going to get to work with him? Oh, and and then I want you to talk about the trip to India. uh never have i ever thought oh i can't wait to work with them or when am i going to get to work with anybody i have just you know taken it one day at a time and i've gotten so lucky to be in the ring with the people that i've gotten into the ring with so when i saw kurt never did i say oh i wonder if i'm going to get to work with him or i wonder you know when is going to be my time i just was in awe. I can't believe I'm on the same roster with Kurt Angle. Uh, and then that turned into, I don't ever want to wrestle Kurt Angle because uh, we, uh, we had to do this pull apart with Samoa Joe and Kurt Angle. And um, he was so intense, my God. And it, it really terrified me. And I remember thinking, okay, I, I don't think I want to be in the ring with Kurt Angle. And then, Fast forward a few weeks later, where Kurt's on a terror and we're doing these promos in the locker room, and he eventually corners people and beats them up because I, I think he's looking for somebody. Well, and I, I remember he had to beat up Sanjay, and then later on, he had to beat up me. And I remember Sanjay telling me, Bro, Kurt Angle beat the crap out of me. <laughs> like he was hitting me in the head for real. And I was like, Wait, what? And like the whole day now, I'm in a panic because oh, I got to because now I got to go. That's the last thing you had to hear before, you right? But you know what? Kurt Angle beat me up, and he didn't even touch me. It was like that's because I like you, Jay. I didn't like so, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? Oh, With me, it's hit or miss. I'm stiff. Yeah, okay. Sometimes I'm not stiff, and that makes sense. That makes sense. 
because they would you would there would there would have been nothing about Sanja that you would have hated. And that pull apart, you didn't hate any of us. But yeah, it's like I believe you. It's hit or miss. I believe that. That's. <laughs> but it, hey. no matter what, I was terrified. Uh, but you were. You took so good care of me. Tell good. us about India. Tell us about India, real quick. Okay, so India, uh, Impact Wrestling sent me, Kurt Angle, and Mick Foley to India to do promotional work because eventually we were supposed to go over there and do shows that never happened. It never did. Never, never happened. <laughs> it was a waste of trip. <laughs> not for me. Not for me. I, I know. I, I loved it. Well, the trip started with a connection in Amsterdam. Uh, and I remember when we were in Amsterdam, Kurt Angle and Mick Foley said to me, why were we in first class and you're way in the back? Like it's just the three of us. They couldn't book you a first class trip too. Like, what the hell? And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I'm still happy to be traveling with Kurt Angle and Mick Foley to India. Well, anyway, in Amsterdam, for some reason, they pick me, Kurt, and Foley, and they make us, they pull us to the side and they make us come up to this podium and they had questions to ask us. I remember they had our passports and everything. So uh, when they get to, they started with me. They said, uh, your friends checked a bag. How come you didn't? And I go, well, well, I, I, I didn't pack that much stuff. I didn't want to check a bag. I didn't, I didn't know I needed to check the bag. And they were like, oh, okay. And I was like, oh, this is very weird. What is going on here? So then they get to McFoley. And I remember they say, well, I can't remember the first question they asked him, but then he started talking and they saw his mouth and they go, what's wrong with your teeth? Why, why, why are your teeth missing? <laughs> I remember Mick Foley was like, well, and then he starts going into the story, how he got them knocked out. And then the woman said, how come you never got them replaced? <laughs> but okay. This woman was not joking. And she was real stern with her voice and the way she was asking these questions as if we had done something wrong. It was the weirdest, like, I I can't remember it what they asked weird. you. Kurt, I can't remember what they asked you, and I don't. I can't I just, remember either, Jay, but they, they were trying to get us. They, they, were, we just, they wanted to arrest us. They did. <laughs> they did, and we didn't even do anything. Probably because we were wrestlers traveling. That's why. <laughs> well, anyway, we make it to India, and we find out we're going to be there for, like, I think we were there for four or five days which was really cool for me. Um, and day one, by the end of the first day, Mick Foley and I had come up with a plan to annoy Kurt for the whole trip. Um, and the Kurt, uh, Mick's big idea to annoy him was to sing the Sexy Kurt song. Uh, so <laughs> every funny. we sang Sexy Kurt every day. Uh, make your ankle hurt. Like, because Mick loved the song too. It was a great song. First of all, first of all, did you come up with that song? I never asked. I can't believe I never asked you this. How did you Actually, come up with that song? I would love to have claimed it, but Brian Gwartz wrote it for me. Oh my God. What a I genius. performed it, but he wrote it for me. He's a genius. I've never he met is. him, but he is a genius. He is. The lyrics, Marty Janetti still <laughs> can't walk because you had you had you had made Marty Janetti about the week before, yeah. Oh man, but uh, yeah, what a trip! And uh, every day of that tour, except for one of the days because it was an off day, every day of the tour ended the same way. 
me in the ankle lock and also taking Mr. Sacco because uh, at the end of every uh, appearance we did, there was a makeshift ring set up. Uh, oh, and all these appearances were like in malls. Big, yes, they were. Like, yeah. Open, you know, uh, and it was packed. Like yeah, legit, they up, they? legit yeah. packed. Which uh, I had heard later Thousands from. Fans. Yeah. I had heard later from Ric Flair. He was like, "Yeah, when the events are free over there, they show up by the masses." Uh, but the but it's they have to pay. <laughs> yeah, show up. Right, tough running shows because you don't get the same attendance. Yeah. Well, anyway, every show ended the same. Me in the ankle lock. And uh, Mick giving me the, the balls, right? The rest, yes, of yeah. yes, 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 yes. <laughs> uh, oh, there was, and there was one day where we uh, they took us to this news station, supposed to be like a 15 20 second ad of us doing this tour, uh, live news, by the way. And uh, they get us on the news. This is supposed to be this thing's supposed to be 30 seconds at the most. So we do our 30 seconds. I'm doing <laughs> flair. I'm wooing. I start doing my Indian dancing. Uh, and then by the time it was all, oh, a big thing, too, is I called out. I had learned from my best friend, Sanjay, that there was an actor, big Indian actor named Sanjay, also big actor named Shadow Khan. So in the 30 second bumper we did, the, the, that live thing, I had called out both of them and my God, we ended up being there the whole day because they didn't want us to leave. They asked us to do another one. And then another one, there was one point where I didn't have a shirt on and we were doing like a conga line live on the news. Cause this thing went on all day. Like it was like a big deal. Yeah, uh, we were on air the whole time. <laughs> we were on air the whole time. It was only supposed to be 30 seconds, but they loved it so much. And they loved all three of us. And I remember Mick Foley telling me, when we get back to the States, what you're doing here, you got to find a way to bottle this because this is infectious. This is like, this is you. Like, you got to put this on TV. Um, and that helped a lot. That was some good advice from Mick. But, yeah, what a what a trip. We had what a lot a of fun. You're right. We had it was so a long much ass fun. flight there, but it was worth it. And, you know, what I never told you guys <sighs> about this trip but was one of my favorites we weren't getting much sleep and uh there was only one time where i saw kurt a little agitated because we were it was just very draining not so much for me because i'm in heaven i'm i'm a young guy getting to hang out with mick and and kurt those guys are not feeling the best they're sore from the travel mick has got this limp well anyway on one of the days they said we want to take you guys on the other side of town. I don't know if you remember this, Kurt. They wanted to take us on the other side of town to meet some people. You didn't really want to do it. But then you heard the, the meeting was also, they wanted us to stop at this wrestling school, like amateur wrestling, not professional wrestling. And Kurt was like, yeah, okay. And then, but when we got there, Kurt was not feeling the best. When we got there, you would have never known. To them, it was a fresh as a daisy, well-slept, well-traveled Kurt Angle. And he's, I remember you actually showed them this one drag. Uh, I don't know the name. I didn't amateur wrestle. It was an arm drag, yeah. yeah. Man, 
And I remember thinking, this is the same guy who barely could get in the car a minute ago because <laughs> the travel was brutal. And man, like it was unreal to see. And you made those kids day. Mm. They had no idea that Kurt wasn't feeling well. They had like, and that to me, a professional, it's a professional. And I took that with me forever. Yeah. In fact, you know, it's, it's tiring sometimes asking or hearing, hey, do the Macho Man voice. Do this, do that. But what those people don't understand, they don't think in the moment he's been asked that a thousand times. Right, right. So to you, for you to do that, I was like, wow, you know what? Those people have no idea what he's been through before this or the travel. But to them, he gave them the best Kurt Angle possible. So I always... I try to give everybody who meets me the best Jay Lethal possible. Even if I'm not feeling it, I'm not in the mood. I'm tired of doing the Macho Man voice. They don't know that. To them, it's their chance to ask or like their first chance for this interaction. So like I've took that with me for forever from then on. It was really cool to watch you do that, man. You Thanks, no Jay. I appreciate that, man. Now, speaking of working with me, you actually defeated me for the <laughs> <Christmas laughs> title in 2007. <laughs> What do you remember of that match? <laughs> what, a, what a great segue. <laughs> what a great segue. Uh, okay, I got a few memories of wrestling Kurt Angle. Uh, the number one memory is that I beat him. That's yes, the number you did, one, Jay, you beat the number me. one memory. Given a little backstory, the reason that I beat Kurt Angle is because Kurt Angle had all of the belts in the company and he needed to get rid of some That's of them. <laughs> Against some people's better judgment, Kurt didn't want to have all the belts and uh, this was his chance. Who was to... it making by me having all the belts? Correct. correct. You know, Who was it that night, I, I made somebody you know, by you defeating me. And not that you weren't already made, but it just put you at another level. And I thank you for that. Oh, and, sure, uh, Jay. To watch to you. watch it all happen was awesome. Another memory that I have of wrestling Kurt Angle is both of us. There, there's a lot of times in a match where two wrestlers end up both down on the ground, and the referee is counting, waiting for them to get up. One, two. Uh, fans see this happen many times in matches, different matches. Well, little backstory: when it happened in our match. I believe Kurt Angle is what they call a method actor. Once they get into the role, there is no breaking them. They're, they're there until, it, until they don't have to be anymore. When we were lying down on the ground, I heard Kurt Angle say, and he didn't, he wasn't talking to me. He was talking to himself. I heard Kurt Angle say, I'm going to whip his ass. And I was like, wait, what? Wait, what? He was not talking to me. He was like talking to himself. And I remember I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. Because one, he is not tired. Like, you can't make him tired. He's like a machine. I've only been in the ring with one other person like that, where I, I feel like they just don't get tired, which is Roderick Strong. Uh, which you actually you actually did some stuff with Roderick. Yes, Stringer. I did. Yes, but uh, yeah, I remember that was a terrifying moment for me. So those two <laughs> things, uh, uh, and plus the fact of my friends calling me afterwards, like you just wrestled Kurt Angle, man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, what a I'm great! I'm gonna experience. whip your ass. Yeah, I'm gonna whip your ass. 
and you weren't even t- like you were just talking to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it was so scary, yeah. man. It was so scary. Uh, I've never done that or replicated that or tried to. I've tried to, you know, Kurt Angle's an awesome wrestler. I'll replicate that. Talk. I don't know. Was, were you talking to yourself? I wouldn't. I. I just don't, don't want to terrify. I don't want to terrify. I do that shit sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you beat oh, Kurt Angle, which I love I to did. say. So you yes. beat him. You can't it's, say it enough. You can't. And and then right now he's gr- he's grinding his teeth. He just hates hearing it. I know him so well. <laughs> you become Black Machismo. You do the woo off. You go back to ROH, and eventually. The man with more golden tickets than Charlie Bucket is now training the nature boy to get back in the ring. Not bad for a kid from New Jersey, huh? Not bad at all. And uh, you're trying to fast forward here, I know, because of the time restraint. I am. Unfortunately, we are running out of time. But I know, but I can't skip over the fact that my departure from Impact Wrestling was not my fault. I got fired. Okay. They let me go. I, 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 I like to think that my career, and I like to always say it's like Charlie and a chocolate factory. And I don't say or talk about too many of the down points or some of the sad moments, but that was a very sad moment for me. It was what I would probably call my second taste of defeat or sting or something where I felt like I, I couldn't control this bad thing that's happening. The first one was when Gabe said, I I won't be wrestling at Ring of Honor anymore, which I took that little better than this one. This one, I got a call saying we're not, we're we're terminating your contract and not, Mm. you know, giving you another one. And uh, it's an interesting story about that, how it happened, because Terry Taylor called me and every Terry Taylor conversation that I've ever had starts all the same way. He would answer, I'd answer the phone, I'd go, Terry Taylor. He'd go, Jay Lethal, you're fired. And I'd start laughing. And then he'd, he'd you know, <laughs> you got to do this appearance. You got to do this. You got to do that, blah, blah, blah. That's how every one of our conversations started. And this one was no different, even though it <laughs> was freaking real. He said he met it. Terry Taylor, Jay Lethal, you're fired. <laughs> okay, Terry, what do you want? I'm at a baseball game. No, I'm sorry, Jay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. This time it's it's for real. I we 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 were. I'm so sorry to do this. We're letting you go, and that you know. But that's the short version. But it started the same way, and uh, (laughs) I'm living this amazing life. I grew up idolizing and watching Ric Flair, and like you said, now I'm getting to train him for his last match, which happened. Uh, But it's been a wild ride. A lot of great things have happened, but there have been some down points. Uh, which is why I, I won't let you skip over that part where uh, I, it's all good, man. Packed wrestling because I wanted to. In fact, yeah. if I didn't get fired, part of me believes that I'd still be there because my dad and I've always talked about being loyal in wrestling and not just going to the highest bidder of your life. But just I remember if a company's taking good care of you and you like them and you guys you respect each other and there's no real issues. You can chat about the money later, but like your loyalty and your word has got to mean something. And I would have been in impact wrestling. I believe to this day, if they didn't let me go ring of honor, if they didn't close down, I would still be wrestling for them to this day. You know, things happen for a reason. Now I'm at a W, which is amazing. It's a godsend. And then they bought ring of honor, but I'll be at a W until the, the company closes or they let me go or they, they, fire me one or the other because 
to me in wrestling, if I'm going to put my body and my life and my career on the line for you, I got to appreciate and love you. And there's some bond between us. And uh, I'm going to try my hardest to not ever break that bond. So, like, if you don't break it, I'm not going to break it. And we'll bond forever. Now, and, and you, you're right. We're, uh, we're up against the time wall here, unfortunately. So that means we're going to have to have you back on at some point. Cause these stories Gladly. are way too good. Way Gladly. Too good. Yes. Gladly. But I got to ask about AEW. You mentioned it. The deal comes together for you. You got to be ecstatic. I love seeing you on TV every week. You and Jeff are going to be wrestling at full gear. Uh, how excited are you to be in AEW and how much are you looking forward to working with Jeff again, uh, at full gear? Uh, well, to say I'm excited about being in AEW is an understatement, and I'm getting to on-screen work with my best friend in life, uh, Sanjay Dutt. It, 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 there's this adage, it doesn't feel like work. Yeah, I get to go there and, and, and perform with my best friend. How can I call this work? Um, but I can because it's an amazing job that I have, and I, I you know, from the moment I got to AEW, I had known and met a lot of those people throughout the travels and on the road. So when I got there, it felt so welcoming and it felt like home because I had known everybody. There was only a few faces that I hadn't met. Uh, and now that I've met them, we're friends, too. Uh, so being a part of AEW is awesome. I'm really excited because the feedback from when I teamed with Jeff at the last match against Flair. Flair, yeah. Everybody was so impressed with Jeff. They were like, well, he can still go and he's in great shape and this. So I'm excited to bring that onto a stage like AEW so that more people can see that he can still go and he he is a great heel and he still has a lot more to offer. And also Jeff's working behind the scenes with AEW helping uh, with, you know, international markets and some other things that they're doing, which is cool too, because aw is just on this upward trend and the more help we can get the better just so that wrestling as a whole is surviving and doing well so uh yeah i'm excited and 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 i get to wrestle sting again yeah darby and sting uh, darby and sting i get to wrestle darby again which i've had tremendous i i feel like every interaction i've had with him has been a home run for me personally. I don't know how he feels or everybody else, but me personally walking away when I feel like I hit a home run and I love that interaction, then sometimes I don't care what other people think, which is, you know, sometimes you got to do that. Otherwise you'll go crazy. Right. Uh, so I get to work with sting alongside Jeff and uh, th this is going to be insane. I got to wrestle with sting a long time ago. He took a liking to me because he's, he got to work with Savage and Flair both, and I can pretend to be both of them, and I can say things to him that they have said in the past, and he <laughs> thinks it's so funny. He loves it. Oh, man, Sting is what a wonderful person. So I get to work with both these guys on pay-per-view, um, and I can't believe that years before that, I was playing with their action figures um, and they were both beating Kurt Angle. Harding <laughs> <laughs> <You> shot. <laughs> oh man! Well, listen, Jay. I want to thank you for coming on the Kurt Angle show. We had a lot of fun today. You can come on anytime you want, brother. I have to you, because and, time uh, just time so just if time just goes by so quick, like. We didn't, I mean, I'm sure there was more we should have and could have and wanted to get to, 
But like, yeah, the PR guy was hitting me up hard. Probably, so probably I had two to, more tight pages of questions, yeah. but we didn't okay. get to that. Yet. We got to, we got to. Okay, yeah. so I, I now I'm saying it now. I got to come back. Part two, right. part two is coming up, part guys. Two. We'll, we'll begin. I love it. Okay. Okay. Right, thank perfect. you so much for being here, man. Always a blast. Right, Always Jay, a pleasure. Love you, man. Thank Thanks, you so guys. Much. Okay. Right. Thanks. Take care. See you Good sexy, luck at full gear. Sexy Kurt, I'll make your ankle hurt. Ankle hurt. <laughs> oh man how fun uh, was jay lethal dude he is so entertaining i mean he could tell stories night and day all day long all, all day long we learned today yeah. right kurt <laughs> <laughs> so good though he's so engaging so entertaining and, and humble uh, very yeah, humble. yeah and you know just an all-around good guy you love to see people like him really do well and move forward, uh, in life and in the business. And so happy for him. He Kurt doesn't next, give himself enough credit. How yeah. Kept saying he luck. He's all lucky. And blessed. Yeah. He has a lot of talent. Yeah. And no one knows that better than you. You've been in the ring with him. Oh yeah. You know? Well, listen, buddy, next week, we're going to discuss Survivor Series 2002. I know you got to get out of here for an engagement as well, but you're going to team with Chris Benoit, and you're going to try to gain the SmackDown tag titles back from the Guerreros and Edge and Ray in a three-way at Madison Square Garden. That is going to be an absolute blast to cover, I know, because I got to work on some of the notes already in the clips. We're going to have a lot of fun with that next week, Kurt. Uh, but listen, guys, if you haven't already, check out ad-free shows. They just launched a brand new series called The Book, and this has taken month-by-month -month journey through the actual handwritten booking logs of Jim Crockett Promotions and World Class Championship Wrestling with David Crockett and David Manning. Conrad, ask him, ask Conrad 48 just dropped, Hacksaw Jim Duggan just jumped on. The point is, go to adfreeshows.com. Kurt and I are about to record a bonus over there in another week for adfreeshows.com. So definitely check it out. And then we want to make sure that you can follow us at all of our social media. You can find us on Twitter at the angle pod on Instagram as well. YouTube.com forward slash the angle pod. That's where you can see Jay lethal and all of his mannerisms and faces and Kurt as he used his rag to cleanse his nose all throughout the show <laughs> yes he's still dealing with that bad cold man so you gotta kick that cold's ass buddy what's happening i'm trying it's kicking my ass though. you need more chicken snacks <laughs> speaking of which physicallyfit.com it's your turn pal let's let's see what you got all right all right if i can pick them up here <laughs> <laughs> i got my chicken snacks right here chicken snacks and snack smart crispy protein bites one's chicken protein one's organic plant protein you go to physicallyfit.com to order yours. There are 11 different flavors. If you use the code ANGLEPOD, you get 20% off your first order. Or you can become a member for life and get 20% off uh, for your whole entire life. Where as mm. long as we are selling these, they'll be, uh, they'll be, you get 20% off. All you have to do is sign up for the membership on the website, and you're in. But uh, like I said, this is at physicallyfit.com. Uh, there are 11 different flavors. They're all incredible. You absolutely love them. They're high protein, low carbohydrate. There you go. And check out KurtAngleBrand.com. That's where you're going to get your t-shirts, your milk cartons, all your other good stuff. Cameo videos. Kurt's crushing it with cameos. Even while he's sick, he's going to record your cameo videos. That guy's a machine, like Jay Lethal said. So check that out. Kurt, this has been a blast today with Jay Lethal. I'm so glad it worked out. We were on the fence, man, because his travel schedule was all screwy. And, uh, but it all came together. Thank you so much uh, for hanging in there with us and doing this with us today, man. Always, Paul. Love you, man. And I love doing this show. 
All right, buddy. On behalf of your Olympic gold medalist, Kurt Angle, this is Paul Bromwell. We'll see you again right here next week on The Kurt Angle Show. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra five to ten. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.